my team lost today. They're remaking my favorite movie. Yeah, they're rebooting a TV show too. This nostalgia market is insane. Whatever helps the limping economy, I guess? We must die so that the numbers can go up. I can't believe that's a theme someone said. Someone in power, dude. Like, who votes for that? The same people who platform Nazis. Oh, God, the Nazis. I know, man. Like, we didn't have enough to deal with. The entire world is literally on fire. People are sick and dying. Fascism on the rise? Democracy on the decline? God damn it, I hate it here. <sighs> I fucking hate it. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to I Hate It Here. My name is David. You scared me. I'm Joseph. <laughs> I was, I was uh, doing some last minute reading. You scared the shit out of me, man. <laughs> what are you reading? Um, I was reading some stuff on uh, Janet Yeller. And... Janet Yeller. Yeah, dude. Isn't that her name? That's her name, right? Yeah, that's her name. I hope that she's not some economist who thinks that the U.S. debt is unsustainable in the middle of an administration that's facing the oncoming problems of having to deal with a pandemic. Oh, my God. It's almost like you. <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, look, dude. Look. Yeah. Between between Janet Yellen uh-huh. being nominated for Treasury Secretary and, and Pete Buttigieg's uh, Reddit page or thread or whatever the fuck it's called being upset that Pete Buttigieg wasn't selected for like UN UN like ambassador to the UN or whatever Are they it's been a real? long day are they butthurt for real dude they're butthurt for real they're butthurt for real oh, they're wow. like well, I can't believe Joe Biden would do this to Pete Buttigieg and like it's almost like Pete Buttigieg has no experience you know <laughs> um doing anything like that but hey even Whatever, Joe, dude. Even Joe Biden's like, I'm not working with Roden Reagan. <laughs> it, 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 but yeah, uh, Janet Yellen being uh, nominated for Secretary of the Treasure, Treasury, it's it's a real good sign. We're headed. We really need somebody who's going to hunker down on the debt and just tell Americans to fuck themselves. Yeah, dude, and especially by cutting things like Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. It's almost right. like she shares a plan. With Mitch McConnell or something, you know, because suddenly, you know, Mitch McConnell gives a shit about the debt and but, and Joe Biden going in there and being like, I don't want to piss Mitch McConnell off. So I'm going to nominate somebody who would appease the right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Janet Yellen. But it's, <laughs> it's hard to argue that he it's hard to sit there. I, I mean, it's hard to say that. Uh, she has a plan that's like with Mitch McConnell without at least acknowledging that like Joe Biden's whole thing while he was Senator was like, Oh man, I'm going to cut the shit out of that budget. I'm going to cut the shit out of social security. I mean, he, there's like multiple video clips of him saying so, you know what I'm saying? He hasn't been shy about it. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's, it's in line. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Um, no, no, I'm not hurt. I'm not surprised. I'm not upset even. Honestly, I'm not upset. I was like, dude, wow. Hell what's yeah, the, normalcy. 
what dude right like what's the word <laughs> for fucking what's the word when you're just like oh no this makes sense i don't even know dude right i don't know i don't know wow what a fucking what a way to put me at a loss for words joe biden uh yeah dude it's just been a long day with janet yelling but at least no, I'm not even going to say it. At least we are. <laughs> uh, 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 it's just, it, it's, it's, um, it's exhausting. And then with Antonio Blinken, or whatever his name, yeah, Antonio Blinken yeah. Uh, being nominated for, uh, or po- possibly nominated for what? Secretary of State? Yeah. Oh, dude, this is going to be hey, so hey, great. Well, what's funny was that he was like, check me out on Spotify. And everybody's been checking him out on Spotify, right? <laughs> but it's funny because his name is Abe Lincoln. Like, Abe Lincoln. And right. fuck, dude, I cannot, for the life of me, dude, I couldn't stop laughing because it reminded me of Robin Hood Men in Tights. When yeah. he's like, Abe Lincoln. <laughs> and he's like, Abe Lincoln. And he's like, no, Abe Lincoln. And do you, do you think his band, his name is Blinken 182 or what? Blinken, Blinken 182, Blinken all the time. It's great that Blinken, one of the selling points on Blinken has been that he'll push Joe Biden towards the middle. As if Joe Biden needed to go anymore towards the middle. Joe, at some point, you're going to have to take a right, Joe. I don't know where. There were people who kept saying stuff like, uh, you know, Joe Joe Biden, you know, this is uh, this is just proof of Joe Biden's like leftism or whatever. And I was like, man, dude, like this country need, like legit needs a new education. Just from the top to the bottom, just a whole new education, because you guys have no idea what fucking leftism is. Holy shit! And and, and it's fantastic when you have Janet Yellen ready yeah. to cut. <laughs> Super leftist. Super leftist, dude. I like John Oster the other day. Was like, imagine a future where we treat healthcare as a right. And I was like, yeah, but you're not in it, fucker. Like what? <laughs> Dude, isn't John Ossoff? John Ossoff is like, like the valedictorian. John Ossoff is the valedictorian Mm -hmm. of the Obama political candidate school of the Obama School of Political Candidacy. Like he is just like the most cookie cutter candidate I've ever seen. I don't know, man. Buttigieg for me kind of took the cake. Buttigieg for me will all like it. Like if you Google politician, there should be a picture of Pete Buttigieg there. There should just be a picture <laughs> of Pete Buttigieg. Like there should be no other picture. Nobody else should be mentioned. No honorable mentions. It's just Pete Buttigieg. And um, yeah, dude. I mean, he John Ossoff, man. God, man, it's so hard because Ossoff and Warnock are both like. We're going to, you know, we're going to do all these great things. And I'm like, you guys say that, but then you guys are also, I don't know how you can sit there and be like, imagine healthcare as a right, but then also be like, hey, so will you pass healthcare as a right? (laughs) No, no, I won't. No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But imagine though. So. And and, and not to be confused, not to be like, you know, overly pessimistic. I do want them to win their runoff races in Georgia. Right. Because it 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 would be only slightly better than having to listen to Mitch McConnell for two years go uninterrupted, but 
I really do. Th- I really do hope they win their elections in Georgia, My- in blue Georgia, uh, which was, <laughs> you know, officially made blue. Officially blue. I think. I mean, here's here's my argument for for centrism. Here's my argument for centrism, is that it's like apparent that America is ready to move left, mm-hmm. but it's also apparent that the powers that be aren't right. Mm-hmm. So we have to take whatever we can get from them. And right now, just due to the like extreme circumstances that we're facing as a country, like our our better bet at getting relief and shit like that, even if it's a small amount of relief, is better what? with with those people, people like Asaf and Warnock in power than it ever will be with Republicans in power. What, $1,200 didn't hold you for eight months, dude? What are you doing <laughs> with your money? I spent it all on coffee and avocado toast. How are you going to fucking buy a house, dude? Jesus Christ. What are you doing? I like that, too. That was like that economist when the stimulus was first being talked about, like in March. There was a guy for, I think, I think it was like, uh, oh, man, what do you call it? Um, oh, shit. The Wall Street Journal, maybe. And he was like, I don't know, it was like some magazine, but he was like, uh, this could really help Americans towards getting a new car or putting a down payment on a house. And I was like, this motherfucker hasn't bought shit in the real world in a long time. <laughs> this dude doesn't know no, shit, dude. <laughs> like, he's obviously. like, I'm pretty sure that's what, I don't know. I guess, I guess I should have called my accountant before I wrote this. That guy doesn't know shit. I mean, it... It's fascinating, man, that like eight, what are we, eight months? What, what is it, eight now? It is eight, eight months since yeah. they proposed it and seven months since they, since it went into, into effect. And all we got was $1,200. There was a new poll that came out that Harvard, that Harvard did that, you know, at first when you read the headline, it's a little upsetting because, yeah. um, you know, it just it just it just makes you it it reads like people are being dismissive of the virus of COVID, but then when you realize that you know people want their their states to stay open during the pandemic, it's you know there's a lot of social and economic fucking things that go into that. Right. So for I think it was like fifty four percent, but it was a study by Harvard that was talking about whether or not people wanted their fucking states to stay open. You know, and it, 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 how can you blame people? When we're into the seven months and all we've had $1,200 and, and they've cut everything else. They've cut unemployment benefits. They've cut everything. Right. So yeah, it was nice to see, to see people on, on Twitter bitch about assuming that people are ignoring the virus. Right. But I think it's a little bit more complex than that. A little more complicated than that. But then I saw the video of the, you know, that the the image maker that keeps track of all the planes traveling on the, <laughs> yeah. around the country. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, and so <laughs> yeah. I was a little conflicted as to what my feelings were about all of that. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "No, nah, you know what? We deserve it. <laughs> we deserve it's it. not." It's not, they shouldn't even use that as like a way to track the airplanes. They should use that as a way to track COVID at this fucking point. At this they, point. That would, that, that is doing more 
than the government, the U.S. federal government is doing for contact tracing. I'm just saying. Dude, there, there, there were planes everywhere. <laughs> like, it was interesting to see, but it's also, I mean, I don't know, man. It's kind of disheartening. It's it's really upsetting when you, you know, at the end of the day, you're you're, we're still hoping that we survive this thing, right? And there's no relief. Forces businesses to open, forces people to go to work. And then you get shit like there's people who just don't it it trips me out that they're like, oh, we need to give people money to stay home uh, to prevent this virus from spreading. And then there's always somebody who's like, oh, really? And how are we going to pay for that? Right. Right. But it's there's never I mean, holy fuck, dude. If you know, could you imagine if we did that about everything else? Right. Yeah. I mean, oh, we hey, do, we're basically. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna bomb the living shit out of Afghanistan today. Oh, really? And who's gonna pay for that? Yeah. No, Where's that money never, gonna come from? I wouldn't. There was a tweet that was going around that was like, "It's gonna cost twenty-two million dollars uh, to prevent the next 22 pandemic." Billion. Yeah. Twenty-two billion dollars. Oh shit! Billion with a B. Yeah, and that guy was like, "It's only three percent of our zero point zero three percent of our military budget or some shit like that." Yeah. Uh, that just made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, no, dude the 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 military budget is insane. And then, did you see? Did I send you? I don't know if I fucking sent it to you. I meant to send it to you. Did you see all the aircraft that are, like, the state of our aircraft? No, dude. I think it's like sixteen percent of our aircraft are <laughs> are suitable for flight. Shut up. I swear to God, I'll look for it. You start talking about something. Let me look for it. <laughs> I don't, there's no way that's true. There's no way. I mean, okay, there is, it is totally possible. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's possible. I mean, I mean, it is totally possible. I just don't know if that's 16% of them are suitable for flying. Yeah, like it's a very small amount, is, is, uh, are capable of uh capable of flight i'm looking for it right now give me a moment i'll find it does anybody have cue music does anybody... <laughs> dude did you see the green news coming out of toronto oh yeah yeah i did see that that shit looked weird what the fuck was that did they ever say what that was Um. Apparently, he can't type and talk at the same time. I'm actually looking for it right now. No, they did not say what it was. So I'm finding this. Uh, this isn't a. This isn't a. This was from 2019. It's all okay. So it said. Fewer than half of the Air Force's 148 F-35s were mission capable. Okay. Um, that's less than half. Mission capable rates. Are you ready? This was, but this was, just to let you know, this was in 2017. And it has gone down by like 8% every year on average. Okay. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So the F-22A, the F-22 Raptor, which is the most expensive, or I think one of the most expensive planes that we have, we have 
186 of them. All right. 51% of them are, are mission capable. All right. Check this out. The F-35A. I don't even know what this means. <laughs> but we have 147.75% of them. What? <laughs> we have 147 of them what? and a wing from another. And their mission capable rate is less than half. So I might have been off on the... I might have been off on 16. It might have gone down by 16%, maybe. But, yeah, dude, the 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 mission-capable rate is less than less than 50% on almost all the aircraft. There's Some of these have, like, really good percentages. 70%, 78%, 86% on the mm-hmm. AC-13s and stuff like that. But most of these, dude, I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking... Low 60s, low 50s, and they just keep dropping every year. And this was, this was in 2017. This was in in. Uh, this was three years ago. So um, the the upkeep getting a lot of uh, getting a lot of bang for our buck there, huh? Hardly. It's gone down every year. It's just, it's nuts to me that we would even bother fucking paying for this shit dude we have so much money that goes to it i i also wonder what how much money right now is given to um private contractors you know what i mean oh dude i mean with what's his oh uh what's betsy devos's brother's name a brother-in-law the dude who runs the the fucking the merc company Oh shit! Uh, is it Blackwater? Prince? Is it Prince? Right? Eric Prince. Eric Prince. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he got. I'm sure he made a shitload of money. Um. Yeah, it's Blackwater USA. I'm sure he made a shitload of money in the last four years because he's also pushing for. Uh, you know how Trump? There's this theory that out there that Trump is going to pull troops. Well, not a theory. He actually did. Right, Trump. Trump made a um, Trump proposed pulling troops out of Afghanistan and some of the places in Iraq and some some. Uh, there was another place I can't remember off the top of my head, right? And there was Trump was firing everybody like a week ago. Uh, everybody at the DoD and a lot of people were suspecting or under the, under, you know, were were thinking that the reason why Trump was doing that was to have to implement people into the DOD who would follow his orders and pull people out. Well, well, Eric Prince was on CNN a couple of days ago talking about why they should do that and why instead of sending U.S. troops, the U.S. military should pay contractors to do it because for it would be, I think, you know, financially viable for um, contractors to be doing it instead of the U.S. military. So... It's interesting to see, you know, with Joe Biden and was now coming into a situation where a lot of foreign policy is screwed up, is 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 messed up beyond belief because of the things that Trump has done, where Trump pulling these troops out is actually putting Joe, Bi- Joe Biden in a position to where he might actually have to put, send more troops 
right back to wherever these, these wherever we are in order to do whatever the U.S. military wants to do. I mean, I think another thing that we're going to have to consider is what it means for us in the, in the, in the long term with private contractors in general, because what's going to happen eventually, dude, is you've got this Eric Prince, dude, he's, he's got a lot of shady shit going on around him and he's going to end up having to go to court for some of this. You know, of course, this is all dependent on if they're actually going to fucking make people, you know, hold people accountable. You know what I mean? Right. So the thing becomes, uh, at some point in the next four years, are we as a nation going to look at that kind of like corruption that existed? It's not that it's not, again, it's not that Trump was the only corrupt person. It's just that people were so, I guess they had such a fucking grandiose dislike of Trump that it brought to light a lot of the corruption that has existed for many, many years. You know what I mean? Right. So do we look at that corruption and do we sit back and say, Hey, maybe now, like right now is the time to start canceling all these private contracts. Like is right now the time where I, 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 go ahead. I, I don't know enough to, about how the contract military contract industry works. Right. Like I, I, I just, I just know that, that I agree with you, agree with your sentiment, right? That there is a lot of corruption. There's always been a lot of corruption. These, what essentially are mercenaries, aren't new, right? It just so happens that Eric Prince um, was somehow related to Betsy DeVos, and I think that that's that probably sent off a lot of triggers, a lot of a lot of warning lights about about what's what that is actually like now. Right. You know what I mean? And how how bad of a situation it is. I mean, I also want to know what they're going to do about Betsy DeVoe and all the shit that she's done to fucking kill education. You know what I mean? Oh, for, dude. For the record, though, there are 53,000 U.S. contractors working for the Pentagon in the Middle East. 50% more than the 35,000 U.S. troops they were there to support. And... In 2019, the Pentagon spent $370 billion on contracting more than half the total defense budget of 766, of 676, sorry, and a whopping 164% higher than its spending on contractors in 2001. So at what point, at what point is the U.S. military functionally disabled? If we're just paying money to, mer- to, mer- to these companies, I keep calling them mercenary companies, and that's probably half accurate i guess but at what point does it just like or what is the u.s military's role if we're just going to be paying off these these contractors i don't know but and 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 the thing i keep thinking about is what is the the legal bounds of this right like if the u.s military person does something illegal there's obviously a a process and a procedure to to well (laughs) unless you're trump (laughs) (laughs) pardoning pardoning literal war criminals but um there's a there's at least in theory a process what is that process for these for these defense contractors these are these are i you know questions that i don't think are as clear to be answered or to be thought about well 
So let me read you more from this article. Are you ready? Right. Are you sure you're ready? Yes. Okay, so here we are with with contractors, okay? Between 2008 and 2019, the Department of Defense spent over $1.2 on cost-plus contracts, which are considered competitive contracts, okay? Mm-hmm. Just to give you an example of how this works, the 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 pay that it, they pay private contractors out there is anywhere from 20 to 166% above the national average for similar mm-hmm. civilian jobs okay i saw this uh i saw this um this video once they were talking about contractors in the middle east and it interested mm-hmm. me significantly because a lot of people think um, first of all when you say contractors in the middle east a lot of people immediately assume that you're talking about a PMC, a private military company. You're talking about a contractor who's out there with a rifle. You're talking about a guy who's out there driving a truck or, you know, hunting down people or, you know, that kind of shit. You know what I mean? But contractors literally mean, I mean anything. And so in this particular instance, it was somebody who was washing clothes for the military. And there was a soldier who got in trouble because he had said that he wanted to wash his own clothes. Okay. He had said he wanted to wash his own clothes and they told him, no, you can't, you got to go through this worker. You got to go through this company. The company charges $99 for one pound of laundry. Hello. Yikes. Yeah. I I was, and I was busy in fucking, I was busy doing the thing, doing the math. $99 for a pound of laundry and they have to wash one pound at a time. Okay. Now here's the other thing. All right. So, uh, the company, all right. So they were at a congressional hearing. This actually, I remember this hearing. Yeah. I remember this hearing. All right. They were selling a $1,700 cable assembly for $7,800, a $300 connector for 1100 and a $650 motor rotor for 5,500. So these guys are just, I mean, Banking sucking it. money out of taxpayers, dude. That's where most of our money goes. That's why, that's why everything that happens with, with Eric Prince and stuff like that is very, very interesting because a lot of our money goes to these contractors, dude. I mean, and it's an insane amount of money and there's so much of it is, is tax free. And, and I mean, these guys are. I mean, these guys are, are, are doing this kind of shit. I mean, it's, and it's all over the place, man. The con the contract work is all over the place. And it's, it's, it's not just going out there with a gun or anything like that. A lot of people think it's this very dangerous job. You know, you're going out there and you're, you know, you're risking your life to run security protocol for a troop because we still have like we in America, we still have visions of Blackwater fighting off an invasion at, you know, Saddam's palace which was something that happened in real life. It was something that happened where Blackwater, the, the U S troops ran out of ammunition and the army was like, you just got to hunker down. We're not going to send you any more ammunition because we don't know, you know, we don't, we don't know if they have anti-aircraft machinery or whatever. Right. And Blackwater came and delivered ammunition to the troops and everybody, Oh, thank God for Blackwater. It was like a huge stupid thing. And we remember Blackwater, Mm -hmm. Uh, employees being dragged down the street and set on fire and stuff like that. You know what I mean? 
So there's this idea that it's this like very dangerous job that requires a lot of money because there's a lot of uh, leverage that these guys can have. But it isn't just that, dude. I mean, it's washing clothes. It's it's buying supplies for the military. It's fucking cleaning weapons and washing trucks and, you know, building bases or filling bags of sand. It's all of that. And, like, these dudes are charging insane amounts of money. And it tunes out to... I mean, our our budget is, like they said, six hundred and seventy six billion. Of that six hundred and seventy six, three hundred and twenty four went to private contractors. That's insane. That's that's nuts. insane. It's just under half. That's nuts. And and it's, it's like the privatization of warfare on all accounts, on all it levels, really is. and and not just you know. Pri- now, now remember, Eric Prince met with Putin when trump won right like right like that that's a that's also a fact like and not to be like a russia what are they calling them a russia gate specialist uh but eric prince did meet with putin right and and he was part of um a trump's transition team uh as sort of like a military guy but so let's not not also to forget that it so was General Flynn, but that's not nor there. My point is is that these these dudes are very influential entities in in the military industrial complex. Where again, my my question automatically becomes: Okay, what's the legality of these people? Who are these people bound to? Uh, and and who do they answer questions to? Who do they answer the you know who do they who do they uh, report to? Because it's just it seems like a shitty situation where. You know, the U.S. military doesn't exactly have a history of being um, responsible to all rules of engagement, right? And and so you can only imagine if you have a president of the United States who pardons a a literal war criminal, right? This that dude, I don't remember his name. Um, He was taking photos with dead bodies, and 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 his. You know, imagine what a private company or a private contractor could get away with in that instance. Right. Right. And imagine how much what he's going to do or imagine the amount of money he's made off of this. You know what I mean? Off of Betsy DeVos being who she is. I I, I can't even imagine how much how much I, that, I genuinely like how much how much his influence has. Had, how how much his influence and his sister has influenced the budget of of the United States military, and where where our tax money goes? Right. But then we have to we have to have Janet Yellen yell at us about the debt because that's that's where that's where we're at. Yeah, exactly. And nobody's going to cut that military budget. Cutting that military budget is like a huge faux pas. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, but right now, Trump is threatening not to sign the new military budget. Good, don't. Unless they drop the bill, unless they drop the bill to um, not rename the bases that are rena- that are named after Confederate soldiers. Oh, God, fuck Confederate soldier. Fuck all of them. Dude, you know what? Here's the thing, okay? Why the fuck should we have to wait for Donald Trump to... Who gives a shit? 
he's out the door. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, if, I fucking hate it here because what are we going to do? Do bend to his will? He's going to get the fuck out of here in two months. Time to fuck off. Who gives a shit if he doesn't sign anything? The government can't hold out. The government can't hold out without a check for fucking, for fucking two months. It's asked us to hold out without a check for eight Sound, you sound like you, 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 you sound a little upset there. I'm just, I just, I can't. Im- it's really hard for me to. It's really hard for me to sit back with the with the, you know, specifically the, the Democrats. It's very hard for me to sit back and and talk about these people and try and understand their perspective on things because. I am very much somebody who doesn't want anything to do with any kind of fascism. You know what I mean? So when we're, when we're talking about this shit, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, dude, we, there's no way that if I was a member of Congress, I'd sign anything Trump wanted me to. I just wouldn't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I would just not do it. And I would definitely like, if they were like, Oh, so you would let the country, you know, you wouldn't sign a budget and the country would just fail that or or let Trump, you know, fucking rampage through America so you could build a wall. Yeah, absolutely. Why the fuck are you going to give him anything? He doesn't right. deserve anything. You know what I mean? Everything he's doing is hurting the country. And if you give him anything, you're just helping him hurt the country. You know what I mean? So isn't there a budget that has to be signed? Like a, a regular budget. And this is what I'm saying, dude. If you're here at the end of the rope, okay? If you're here at the end and he's he's like, I'm not going to do this. I mean, of all the times for you to tell him to fuck off, now's the time. You know what I mean? You haven't done it before. Right. You ha- you've done nothing about it before. You've sat back and signed whatever the fuck he's wanted before. You know what I mean? On the idea, you know, on this, you know, this very archaic idea of good politics. You know what I mean? This right here is your chance to tell him to fuck off. You shouldn't have to bend your knee anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Just tell him to fuck off. Who cares if he doesn't sign it? Joe Biden will be president in a few months. He can sign it when he becomes president. Don't act like you guys are living a hard life. Right, and you guys haven't helped us, so it doesn't you, fucking matter. Right, like the audacity for you to be like, "Oh, you don't know how hard it is." No, bitch. Trust me, we're well fucking aware. Okay. Right. Like you guys have done nothing for us. You know, you can't seriously sit out two months. You know what I mean? I we've seen your houses. Remember, remember, Mitch McConnell sent the Senate home on break. Yeah, the exactly. Senate, the Senate isn't even in session right now. It's not even in session. That's what I'm saying. So, so and that's and the reason I remember that is because I was thinking about AOC's speech on right. on on the floor. Uh, what was it yesterday? The day before yesterday? I don't remember. But and her biggest one of her biggest gripes was the fact that the Senate wasn't even in session because Mitch McConnell sent everybody home. He did. He sent everybody home, and so again. If there was ever a time for you to tell the president of the United States to go fuck himself, it's now. Tell him you're not going to sign the budget. And if he goes, oh, well, if you don't sign the, you know, 
if uh, if I don't get if you guys don't want to agree to this, then I'm not gonna sign the budget, dude. Real talk, and I mean this sincerely, on the Senate floor, so it's on record. Literally, dip your head forward into the mic, lips to the microphone, and go, bitch. Who cares? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Prob- Just do it's it. Probably dude. not safe. It's probably not safe right now. <clears throat> yeah, probably Especially- not. Because the senator, Republican senators, all have COVID. But, yeah, it's probably know. all full of COVID and shit. But I mean, that now's the time, dude. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, man, come on, take a fucking stand for once in your goddamn life, and don't tell me it's hard. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I mean, I agree with you. I think I think you're right, and it's not like it's going to make a difference because the Senate's already been sent home. Uh, Congress is about to go on break. Uh, Christmas break for the holiday or the holiday break for Thanksgiving. I was way ahead of myself there, but it, 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 it certainly is something that I think is a beyond frustrating, but B it puts Joe. Now here I go having hope, but, but my point was, was that like how much, <laughs> Here I go with my copium. Let me cope for a minute. Right? Yeah, let me go hope. Ahead. No, no, let me hope for a minute. Let oh, me okay. hope for a minute here. Okay. Right? Like, like, there is this tension between wanting to celebrate Joe Biden coming in and having hope. Yeah. And understanding that, like, Janet Yellen and Tony Blinken and all these people who obviously have already established themselves in the government who are professional fucking autocrats um uh not autocrats who are professional politicians basically right and so there's this tension between wanting to have hope and that like you know joe biden will come in and maybe he'll get us some money because quite frankly if they keep throwing money at me i'm gonna keep taking it because it's the least they could do um and i think that like i agree i'm very much part of the give me fucking money crowd me too. And I it's the least you could do at this point. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, under, with the understanding that whatever happens in Georgia with these two Senate races is going to influence the whatever Joe Biden's going to do. My point is, is that, like, at what point do you want Joe Biden to go in uh, with his government and be able to do the things he says he's he said he would do knowing full well he's not but you don't want him to use trump burning it down on the way out as the proper excuse that it would give him that he couldn't do any of those things mm. i think i think that uh given the last 4 years and the situation that we're in and everything that we've had to like face and go through over the past four years. And I mean, especially this past year, which was just fucking horrific. Right. I, we talked about this the other day where we're, we made this comparison about, uh, between them and the Cowboys and how we were like, if you're going to fucking lose, just go out, you know, go all out. And I'm still very much on that boat. I think, I think if you're Joe Biden, you just have to do it. You know, like, regard, like, yeah, dude, because Trump's going to try and burn everything down. Trump's going to try and fuck everything up. And he he, he already did. His tax plan goes into effect next year. 
and right. it's going to tax people who make $75,000. It's going to raise their taxes. People who make under 75 grand are going to get their taxes raised. Right. And it's going to be during a democratic administration. And this was something that we talked about when he passed it in 2017. We, he knew since back then, and we know now that he was going to fucking lose. He knew he was going to lose right. this election. And this is why he passed those laws to take effect because he knows that people are going to look at the Democrats and go, Hey, my taxes went up while you were president. Right. So it's up to Joe Biden to come in and get rid of that, you know, executive orders, whatever he has to do, get rid of it, go all out. It doesn't matter, dude. It really doesn't. Donald Trump has changed the game and he made it a, a very partisan, very hacky thing. And along the way, he just happened to also fuck up our country. And if you're going to be Joe Biden and you want to fix it, then you got to, you got to play just as hard and you got to just go for it. You know, there was a Brie, you know, Brie Joy, right? Uh, Bernie's former advisor or whatever. Right. She was, uh, was she an advisor, his campaign manager. I forget. She had said that, um, she was like, Trump should just give us $2,000 a month. I mean, if he wants to convince people that he should stay, he should make it worth it for us. And the fucking Joe Biden people flipped out, of course. And the Joe Biden people, you know, the the K-Hive stands, they were like, oh, I knew you were pro-Trump this whole time and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But it goes back to something we said. And it was that Trump had a unique capability when he came into office where he could have done anything because he had that Senate by the balls. Right. He had a lot of America by the balls. He could have done anything. He could have been a decent president. He could have used that power the way that he used that power to give us Medicare for all and to give us education reform and immigration reform. And he didn't. Instead, he used it to be an unbearable fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Right. My point is, okay, my point is, is that he did those things and he did it without cause or reason. He did it without any sort of precedent. He did it without any sort of caution. He just did it. And if you're Joe Biden, you got to do it the same way, dude. You just got to go out and do it. It doesn't matter anymore. You just got to go out and do it because you, you can't, you can't undo what he did without that kind of, without being able to, without being willing to yield, wield that kind of power. And it's one of the problems that the Democrats have always had is that they're given this incredible power and they're the kind of people who are like, you know, they're, kind of, they're like with great power comes great responsibility. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Use that responsibly then. And they're like, mm -hmm. we're just not going to use it just in case. Right. And you can't do that. You got to do it, dude. You got to fucking the, do it. Right. One of the things that I keep going over and keep trying to mull over is, is, what, you know, is the role of, of the executive order in this country? Yeah. And the role of what is going to happen with Joe Biden and the executive order? Because Joe Biden doesn't exactly strike me as somebody who would be willing to yield that kind of presidential power just because he thinks he has it, right? Like Obama did. Obama right. yielded the executive order. He was one of, if not... He was one of the first, if not the first, to really kind of use an executive order to legislate from from the executive. 
right? And and to his to you know for for him, right? Mitch McConnell famously said he his only goal in life was to make President Obama a one-term president. So what other choice did Obama have? And I guess that's a fair argument, right? The problem is 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 that now with Trump, do Trump's 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 executive orders was was the only way he got anything done. Can you honestly, off the top of your head, name a piece of legislation that went through Congress, that went through the Senate, and then that was signed by Trump other than the CARE Act for COVID relief? I, I, I genuinely can't think of anything. Everything that Trump did from from his Muslim ban to to getting rid of trans people from the military, everything he did was essentially an executive order. So if you're Joe Biden and you're coming in uh, into this and you don't, let's say you don't win those two Senate seats in Georgia and you have to deal with Mitch McConnell for, for, for at least two years, right? How are you going to yield the power of the executive here? What is your role going to be? Because even we talked about it last week, the whole student loan thing, right? Joe Biden student loan thing is people like Elizabeth Warren saying that they believe Joe Biden has the power to use an executive order to do that, okay? And that they could, he could do it up to $50,000. However, the difference is, is if he wins those Senate seats in Georgia, he could probably do it legislatively. And my point is, is that there is a difference between doing it legislatively and wielding the executive order when it comes to how it's challenged. Exactly. Because yeah, at some point, at some point, somebody's going to take it to court. And if you, if you, if we spend all of our time in court going, and it's, I understand there's a super majority, rada, 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 anything Joe Biden does via executive order that's challenged is probably going to get striked down. I understand that. Okay. I get that. But my point is, my concern is the thing that I keep thinking about here is what it then is the role of the U.S. federal government if our government is essentially the power of the executive action and the power of the executive authority versus whoever is sitting on the Supreme Court where you basically have a defunct fucking Congress and Senate who do nothing but, but bicker and complain towards each other and, and who don't even write legislation anymore. Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you're right about the way it's challenged. You're for sure right about the way it's challenged. And I think, I think when it comes down to the executive order, I, I did a, a Google while you were talking, Bill Clinton would probably be the one who used the most in the past, um, in the past like 30 years, but, uh, well, 20 years, no, 30. 30. Fuck, I'm old. 28 years. Uh, and so, I think if you look in any in any way, if you look at the executive order, uh, you, you kind of get the sense that even if, even if it couldn't be challenged or anything like that, I mean, it's still going to be viewed as partisan. It's still going to be hacked apart by the media. It's still going to be taken apart every which way because that's just the way it is now. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, it, it, that's just the way it is. My thing is, 
if if we can get the Senate, then fine, we get the Senate. If we can't get the Senate, then okay, Joe uses an executive order, whatever. But but my thing is, is that either way, Senate, legislatively, executive order, however you want to slice it, that dude needs to do something. Oh, I, I'm I'm not arguing that. I, I agree. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. I, 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 I know you're not, but I'm saying that, I mean, at the end of the day, dude, I mean, even if it gets challenged down the road, even if it gets thrown the fuck out, even if we're in court, it doesn't, fu- like, he just, he has to fucking go for it. Because right. there's no time left, man. I honestly, him making John Kerry the 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 climate whatever climate sorry I think he said. <sighs> okay. Whatever you know what I mean, but him making the climate an issue of national security to me, I thought was dope. Right. Because it really is a mash. It really is an issue, a matter of <laughs> a mash you. <laughs> It really is a, a an issue. It is a matter of national security. And his acknowledgement of that is good. You know what right. I mean? It is. Him um, making that dude the head of the DHS, it was really iffy for me because I'm not going to lie. I didn't really know who this guy was. Alejandro Mayorkas, or I don't know how to say his name. So I Googled him, okay? And the guy reads like one of the best people on the fucking planet. I mean... Helping immigrants, doing all kinds of nice shit. You know what I mean? I'm going through his Wikipedia page, and at the very end, it goes, "Oh, he faced criticism for, uh, for helping wealthy families get immigration papers, like early, like certain like wealthy." And I was like, "God damn, man!" You know what I mean? It's like this. A Cuban immigrant who arrived in the U.S. as a political refugee. Would be right. the first immigrant secretary and first Latino to lead the Department of Homeland Security. Right. But hear me um, out. This is this is it's an interesting move. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna be very much his anti-socialist whatever move or whatever. But it's also very oh that's it. It's also very important to note that he's probably doing this to gain, I guess, traction with. Um, with Cuban Americans, like Cuban Americans in Florida, like I bet. I mean, this is probably, this is probably like a four years ahead move, where he's like, this is gonna come back and be good for us in in twenty twenty four. I I just I want to get back to the conversation of def- of of abolishing DHS, but well, that, that, yeah. we'll have to do that next time. Uh, no, I know, I but no, my point is, is that like I guess. I guess putting a man of color in, in as DHS sort of takes away that 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 conversation and and it, it intersectional intersectional oppression or what like what, like that was really good man you texted like, me that I, earlier and I was like that that's fucking solid it, it is it's frustrating because what 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 are we gonna do now like what happens now like there's just no you have a cop as a VP and, and ah, whatever, dude, it, it's just whatever. I mean, but let's, I think the thing for me is that all these people that Joe Biden is picking are people that were either part of the Obama administration in some form or another or related to people like Mayocas was the deputy, was the deputy DHS secretary in 2013. Yeah. 
you know so Dude, so biden doesn't have this this is why biden this is why biden was so terrible as a candidate was we i mean he doesn't know what he's doing dude you know what i mean like i'm not saying that he's like an old senile fucking man or anything like that but everything he's done every every accomplishment every accomplishment that joe biden has that we can reflect positively on came from his tenure as an obama vice president you know what i mean like that and that's just the fucking sad truth because his record as a senator is deplorable you know what i mean right. that was like his biggest flaw as a candidate was that his record as a senator was fucking horrendous that's why he lost two nominations before exactly his fucking record as a, as a i mean was her, and for the record and i'm just going to go ahead and say this i 100% think hillary clinton is way more qualified than joe biden is all right, I I know it's hard to admit, okay, but I mean that's the truth, man. All right, I just and, think Joe Biden is hated less than Hillary. Joe Biden is a less divisive figure than Hillary Clinton. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, anyway, my point is is that his record as a senator was fucking horrendous, and right. that that's really it, it was it was bad. But it was everything and like his the 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 reason people reflect on him fondly wasn't his time as a senator. It was his time as Obama's VP. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's all he knows. Like, so when it comes to like his success, I guess, I guess not his success legislatively, but his success as a, as a public figure in the way that he's received, it's mostly via Obama. And I mean, the, this is basically Obama 2.0, dude. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, look, dude, to be fair to Joe Biden, I don't think there is anybody on the planet who has better experience with what we're going through as a country when it comes to Joe Biden was part of, of the Ebola and the other thing that the other virus that popped up as when Obama was in, was in, was in office. Joe Biden did lead the, did lead the Recovery Act. Uh, uh, that that nearly that saved us from a great depression, and we're headed for economic travesty. Like that's just fact, right? So Joe Biden possesses, as a politician, even if it was as VP, certain qualities and certain experience that I think he is uniquely qualified for. Everything had to fall in line for Joe Biden to win this, and it did. Literally a once in a century fucking pandemic, a global recession, and. and and the association to somebody who was better than the alternative, right? And Joe, Joe Biden's whole thing of don't don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative, like that is literally speaking it into fruition, right? Like he right. he got the card deal, like he hit he hit twenty one playing blackjack while he had seventeen. He got the four card, and that doesn't ever happen, right? My, but my point, my point is, is that it's just, it's frustrating because instead of it feeling like we're getting better, it just feels like we're getting to where we were. And I don't mean that as like going back to normal. I mean that like it's, it's on fire and it's even more on fire, but people wanted to believe that it's, it's not as, it's not as on fire as it really is. Right. And Joe Biden gives them that. 
Right. It's one of those, like, I'd rather be choking on the smoke than boiling in the flames deal. Right. And you're, you're still in the same building. I mean, I agree, dude. We've talked about it before. You know, back to normal isn't a good thing. Right. Build back better. It isn't a real thing. And the only way to push through fascism is to go through it. You're right about, you're right about Joe. I, I, you know, as much as I, I, I don't like him. I really don't, but you're right about him in terms of the, you know, pandemic response and stuff like that. I think, I think he needs to just show that he's capable of doing this without take, without having someone else take that lead. You know what I mean? Cause Obama, I mean, the thing about Obama and I, and I don't say this in a good way was that he was a successful president. You know what I mean? He really was. And the reason I say I don't say this in a good way is because it it takes a lot of it takes a lot of willing to do some terrible shit to be a good president. You know what I mean? And Obama was willing to do the terrible shit, but he was also willing to put like I mean a smile on your face, you know? And he did stuff that I mean, he kind of gets a pass for it. And my point is that Joe's not going to get that pass. No. You know what I mean? He's not. And so he just. And he shouldn't. And he shouldn't. Neither should Obama. I mean, but he does. I mean, do you remember that dude drinking water in Flint? Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. And I think at the end of the day, dude, I think that's why it's so important that Joe just goes for it. You know what I mean? Not just, not just for him, but for us, man, because fuck do we need it. Yeah, and at least it seems like the transition has officially started. Yeah, G, um, the Emily, GSA whatever, lady, yeah. She, she, she finally told Joe that Joe was going to be able to get access. I like how Trump clearly found out and then tweeted about it after pretending it, to he me, knew the whole time. To me, it read like he did, actually. I was about to say, like, to me, it read like, like she told him before she did it. And I think that 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 you know trump it wouldn't be so far-fetched because trump invited all those people from michigan to the white house but i it did read like she knew you heard what happened with that meeting though yeah they told him to fuck off they told him to fuck off they were like we're sorry dude this is gonna happen like thanks for the one thanks for all the fish but thanks for all the filet fish but (laughs) 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 this will be my last thing the Uh one thing that that like i can't fuck i lost my train of thought michigan legislators oh oh the one thing that i just keep thinking about and 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 this whole coup which is what it is okay it's flat out a coup this whole coup was stopped because they had democratic people in higher positions of power in different states. Yeah. And we would be having an entirely different situation, an entirely different conversation, if that were not true. If there were Republicans in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, and in Wisconsin, and there were in Pennsylvania, right? Like they voted three to two to, to, to certify the votes. So there were in Pennsylvania. We would, you know, what happens next time? What happens in four years? I mean, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I think the week before the election in that in that particular episode that we did, I told you that I needed Joe Biden to win by a lot because right. I needed it to be undeniable that he won. 
and that the only thing we would have is the hope that there were people who would say, hey, it's very clear this guy won. You know, this is why we have to do this. And it's like, and I told you, I was like, that's all we have is that hope that those people are going to do the right thing. Fucking fingers crossed, man. They did the right thing. You know what I mean? Only because he won by 150,000 in fucking Michigan, dude. Like, that's legit the only reason. That's why we needed him to have that many people. That's why we needed him to have that many people win. That's what I was saying. Like, I was hoping he would win by a large margin because we really needed that, you know? And we got it. And, I mean, we're we're grateful that that we did. Um, I will say this before we go, my hope for the future is grim, but there is, that's optimistic. There is hope that things get better, right? Um, I'm the kind of person that doesn't want to believe they're going to get better until I see them getting better because I've been let down so many times before. That being said... I, for the first time in a long time, took a real fucking deep breath today. Just a sigh of relief when I read that one, the transition was beginning, and two, Diane Feinstein was like, oh, I'm dude. done here. Uh, I was like, dude, it, it didn't, I, I don't mean to shit on Diane Feinstein, okay? I kind of do, right? Like, I've, I've never really liked her, you know? <laughs> I, you know, I've never really liked her. I remember. I remember one time we were talking and I was like, including Feinstein. And then you were like, what do you have against Feinstein? (laughs) You know, but, um, but what it did signify to me is that there was at least one member of Congress who understood that it was, it it was time for them to go. That their, their reign of power in their age was, was done. And I hope that it's enough to have other people like Chuck Grassley. Holy fuck fuck you know what i mean that fucking dinosaur and and nancy pelosi and all these other sort of you know octogenarians and septuagenarians look back reflect on a very very long and lustrous political career and call it quits and give it to the next generation you know what i mean because like i hope that's what it does it was that that to me is why i breathed a sigh of relief it wasn't necessarily that it was Feinstein who was quitting. It was just that it was somebody who was realizing that the changing of the guard was coming and voluntarily gave up her position for it. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget Feinstein called Amy Coney Barrett's. (laughs) It was a, what what did she say? It It was a wonderful. She's done. I I will never (laughs) let it go. Dude, that was like, that was the moment in which everybody was like, is, is Feinstein aware of who this person, like, right? Are, are we, are we all talking about the same person? But we didn't even get to talk about Nancy Pelosi being reelected and, and the supposed changing of the guard there. Dude. Hey, like, I thought that I'm was saying. something that I thought that I thought that was something that we were supposed to experience. That's, that's what I'm saying. She fucking went and got reelected. Cause she was like, I'm not ready to call it quits. You know, like, I don't, here's the thing. Okay. I want to make a joke about her being a vampire, but I don't want to make that joke because I know that if anybody from QAnon gets wind of that clip, it'll never be the end of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, but there is a part of me that feels like she was like, I'm here to take the life from the next generation (laughs) to continue my rule, you know, and she won't give it up. But Diane Feinstein did. 
Diane yeah. Feinstein saw the backlash of Pelosi. Diane Feinstein saw the world changing around her and was like, you know what? Fuck it. You guys, this is your guys' shit now. And we fucking really need that from yeah. a lot of these people, dude. Specifically, Chuck Grassley, you fucking fossil quit. <laughs> quit. Okay? Holy shit. They're gonna discover Chuck Grassley in Congress one day. <laughs> I knew, I knew just, there was, I knew there was a joke. I knew you were gonna leave it alone, dude. I knew you weren't gonna leave it alone. He's gonna be like an archaeologist who's like, you're not gonna believe what I found, and Chuck's just gonna be there signing again, papers, like again with the archaeologist. You just lost the radical archaeologist. We, we lost radical archaeology, but we're bringing him back, baby. All right, man. That's it for today. That was fucking great. Um, we'll see you guys soon. You guys. Have a good night and thanks for listening. We'll Don't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. Don't stay go home. anywhere for Thanksgiving. Stay home. You fucking stay home. Here's what you do. You stay home. Okay. No, seriously. Stay home. Stay home. Zoom. Zoom call your family. Keep everyone safe and wear your mask over your nose. <laughs>